0: We live in a time where we have a kind of meta view of what's going on around us. And we take, we step into that meta state quite often. So Mm -hmm. for you and for me and for probably everyone else I know, um, (laughs) who's, you know, a well-adjusted human in the modern world, (laughs) you have that experience and you say, what is it, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) is this real? Is this happening? What do I should do with it? Is it a spirit? Is it not, you know, we question all these things, which is for better or worse, it's what we do Sure, way back when they would probably not have questioned it so much. Mm. You you smell that, you feel that. Spirits are a reality in the world, so mm. that's what it is, mm. right? So I only say that just to give us a little bit of perspective that the way we come to these things is not the only way, mm. right? And has not historically been the only way.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, through sunshine and rain. Stressing over everything, losing your brain. Pick up yourself before you go insane. Levitate them the times, and you got the rank. Times are tough, i being 90s. We can see the light, just remain modest. uh. Can't forget, just a day reminder. Life's a little short, and take off the blinds. Be a little wiser. Build my own future, I'm the pathfinder. CMG is a team with a franchise, uh. Impacted by the worst decisions. Breaking bad habits on the repetition. What you getting to now? Gave too many chances In the back condition. But it's not the ending, Pick yourself together. Friends, no welcome back I just
2: want to the What The Project life. Podcast. My name is Glenn, I'm your host, and uh, this is episode number 134, and it's my conversation with my friend Bob Dotto. So Bob wrote a book about how the church, in particular the, the marginalized branches of the church, have understood or thought about the spirit realm throughout history. And so this book, it's a small book, it's a short book, very readable. But in this book, he talks about everything from like the Holy Spirit and angels and demons, all the way down to like seances and tarot cards and all sorts of things. Now, if you're like me, and you were raised in the evangelical world, in particular, the conservative evangelical world, Uh, You are taught about the spirit realm very simply, right? There's the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the mother of all spirits, or the father of all spirits, because clearly, uh, he's a man. And angels, we know a little bit about them, like a little bit. Then there's demons, and we know a lot about them, even like how to cast them out of people, bind them, command them to do different things. And so really, that's it. And if you talk about, like, the spirits of dead people, eh, then you get kind of into really gray areas. And that falls more in lines with, like, the demonic and stuff like that. And that's it. But but Bob really opens up this conversation and brings in lots of different perspectives. So I highly, highly, highly recommend this book. I will be honest with you. I was nervous to talk to Bob. Bob. Uh, not because like I, I was afraid that he wasn't gonna be like understanding of my of my background, but just because my background is so, is so like singular in terms of how to think about this stuff. And when I read Bob's book, and he was literally talking in there about seances and tarot cards and things that I was taught are just downright demonic and evil, never have anything to do with them, but how these things actually had a place, in the church, and in some areas still do have a place in the church, totally blew my mind. And uh, in the episode, I actually asked him a very personal question uh, about a interaction I believe that I've had with uh, the spirit of a loved one who had passed away a long time ago. So he kind of helps walk me through a whole lot of things. So I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with you. I'll go pick up his book. I'll put it in the show notes sitting with spirits. Uh, Really, really good stuff. Bob has a good heart. He's a very genuine person. And uh, this is going to be a fun interview. So uh, buckle up. But a couple things first. Uh, Number one, Patreon. Patreon.com slash whatifproject is a place where you can go to support the show. So if this has encouraged you, inspired you, uh, whatever, you can go there and kind of give $3 a month, $7 a month, uh, $20 a month. There's all different tiers. Every tier gets a reward, so maybe a bonus vlog episode that I send you, uh, maybe an early access to a uh, up-and-coming podcast episode, uh, maybe a bonus blog post, maybe even a book that I send you in the mail, so all different tiers, all different rewards, uh, head over there and check it out, but if that's not your thing, like if you're not down with the monthly subscription stuff, totally understand, uh, between Hulu and Netflix, and Apple Music, and uh, Evernote, and all different sorts of things. I have enough subscriptions coming <laughs> coming out uh, every month, and so you can actually go to a place called buymeacoffee.com slash project and make like a one-time contribution. So maybe like an episode, maybe this episode really just hits you, tugs at your heartstrings, whatever, and you say, man, I wish I could take Glenn out for coffee and talk more about this episode. If we weren't in a pandemic and uh, you lived closer to me, I'd be happy to do that. But in the meantime, uh, you can go to buymeacoffee.com and you can drop $5, like a latte, $10, like a latte and a sandwich, uh, just to kind of, you know, give your your support, uh, your contribution for that particular episode or a particular blog post that might have touched you or, or whatever. So check that out, uh, Patreon and Buy Me a Coffee. I'll put that both of those links uh, in the show notes along with the Heretic Shop. I want to buy a hoodie. I want to buy a t-shirt. I want to buy a hat. I want to buy some sweatpants. There's all different sorts of heretical merch in there uh, from the What If Project. So go check that out, the Heretic Shop. I'll put the link to that uh, in the show notes as well. And uh, special music today is from my friend Young Citizen. He's somebody who I work with um, at Apple. He's a hip-hop artist in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, doing wonderful things in the world very gifted, very talented, uh, just putting out some new music around this time as well. Uh, So go check him out on Spotify, Apple Music, all the places, Young Citizen, that's Y-U-N-G Citizen. So all of that to say, I hope you're doing well, and I hope that this episode uh, helps you do even better. (laughs) I hope it encourages you, and I hope that it opens up your perspective and widens your thoughts. About the spirit realm. So sit back, enjoy. It's episode number 134 my conversation with Bob Dotto.
0: Peace.
1: The patience paid off. Now it's go time. No worries all around me, I'm going to give my. Born in the Queen City, got the 4'9 Go to Green Trip, told me where the coast sign So people die to me, that's close to me, that's their regret When I make it, I'ma take it, all I do is rest Remain grind, self-care, that's when I'm at my best A little crazy, that's when I'm at a test, feeling tuned Yeah, we riding, yeah, we rolling, All the way to the ocean, uh. I thought I told you got the sauce,
2: yeah I told you got yeah. the sauce. Remember, boy, I got the sauce, yeah, yeah. yeah hey everybody welcome to the podcast today we're sitting down with my friend bob dotto to talk about his book sitting with spirits exploring the unseen world and the margins of christianity so bob uh welcome to the show i'm excited to talk with you same same me too happy to be here thank you so uh before we jump into the book maybe tell us a little bit about yourself uh your journey who are you what do you do give us the the snapshot
0: sure um well uh I started getting interested in spiritual things, since that's the subject of the podcast. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> There's so many places to go when you right? describe your life. Um, but spiritual stuff you know, started to come on my radar when I was about 15 or 16. I was raised in a Catholic household, um, but it was very much kind of culturally Catholic, um, as many Catholic households are. And uh, so it was part of my identity for sure, but it really wasn't something that I really delved into too deeply, but I was still extremely interested in spiritual things and, Mm. and, um, but was also very interested in music and skateboarding and punk rock and art and all these kinds of things as well. Um, which, um, you know, there was a lot of spirituality being thrown around, so to speak in those Mm. circles as well. So, so I always had it on my radar and, and was really interested in Buddhism and, um, and and a number of spiritual traditions over the years. And I would say about 10 or 15 years ago, um, I I really started to give a new look at the tradition I was raised in, Mm. um, which is, which is Catholicism, but broadly speaking, Christianity. Um, And, you know, from there, I, I, I've basically been, I don't know, for the past 20 years or so, just been kind of writing and exploring how spirituality uh, interacts with the social whether it be the political realm or economic or just social realm, subcultures, things like that, just seeing mm. the ways religion and spirituality uh, interface with those those aspects of of our humanness, and um, m- very specifically with regards to Christianity and Catholicism, most mm. recently in the past ten years or so. So, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been writing about, thinking about all day long.
2: <laughs> I like it <laughs>
0: nonstop,
2: <laughs> nonstop. Uh, mm. So, your book is called Sitting with Spirits, and mm-hmm. Uh, one of the questions I like to ask authors is what I call the the Uber question. So let's say you're like in an Uber and the driver sure. says, uh, you know, what do you do for a living? You say, well, I just wrote this book called Sitting with Spirits. So you got like five minutes to get to your your mm-hmm. stop. They ask you, what is what in the world is that book about, and why should I buy it? What's your What's your response?
0: Are you, first, you're on very short Uber. Rides, I see. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, you get like to the end, I guess, of your drive, and they're like, oh, by the way, what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So the book is about uh, this idea that the spirit realm is a part of the Christian tradition and Mm. and has been since the beginning. And that's kind of, in many ways, very obvious, but for many people, not so obvious. Um, So this is a short book that kind of unpacks the ways in which spirits have been looked at or handled or engaged with more so um, in the Christian tradition um, with a particular look at... Uh, the ways in which they can continue to be engaged, that world, so to speak, could be or is continued to be engaged with. So that's the short synopsis of it. Um, and but the sort of subtext through all that is that there are these aspects of Christianity which have, for millennia at this point, um, mm. kind of either been forgotten or swept aside or intentionally, you know, put to rest um, that are actually that actually increase the vibrancy of the tradition as a whole. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of my project, my the, the, my sort of life project with regards to this work is to keep showing those aspects, what I call the margins of Christianity in the title.
2: Do you have like a, are you working on a second, like a follow-up to this or have you not thought oh, that Oh yeah, no, yet? always. No, I have always. like
0: many books. <laughs> I'm literally today, before we got on here, I'm working on a book on uh Integrating the darkness uh, in the Christian tradition. So looking at the sort of nefarious, the shadows of the Christian tradition or what have been often seen as shadows, Satan, sin, um, you know, uh, sadness, these kinds of things and finding ways that we can integrate them back Mm. into the tradition in a healthy way. I like that.
2: Because when I got to the end of your book, I was like, I want more. So I'm glad to hear that yeah, you're writing sh- more. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great.
2: Awesome. So I'm going to be really honest with you. I grew up uh, in the evangelical world. I mentioned that in our emails back and forth. Uh, right. But I went to Bible college. I went to seminary. And I took classes uh, a couple of times, like one called Power Encounter, where we learned uh, about all about the unseen world of uh, angels, demons, things like that. Mm. I think that most of our listeners would probably be pretty familiar with that terminology when it comes to spirit world, but like there's good spirits, angels, there's bad spirits, demons, and then there's the Holy spirit is like the mother of all all spirits. And like, Uh that's about it. That's really all that I learned, but you really take us uh, really far beyond that, that structure, give us a much bigger picture of what encompasses the spirit world and you know, what the spirit world has meant to these various branches of Christianity. And so I guess my question is, um, as I said, to me, growing up, the spirit world was angels, demons, and the Holy spirit. But I'm mm-hmm. at this place now where my faith has evolved. It's progressed. It's been deconstructed a little bit, and I'm I'm much more open to different kind of ideas. And I sense like in my own life that there's maybe a lot going on around me more so than I thought than just good or evil forces trying to influence me one way or the other. So I was wondering if you can maybe dig a little bit deeper into your own journey. Like, what does that evolution look like for you? Like, how did sure. you understand the spirit world when you were younger? And how did that kind of get you to where you are today?
0: So, so the first thing I'll say is is that you know, just in what you were saying before, is that oh, we learned about angels and spirits and demons, and you know, that was kind of it. And you know, you said something to the effect of like, now I'm starting to feel like there's much more out there. Yeah, right. You know, what I would say is that it's almost plenty to have angels demons and spirits floating around <laughs> and what and the and what i have found you know it's less about tacking on new things to the tradition and more saying okay wait let's just pause for a second you said spirit you teacher whoever yeah. you said spirits what is that what how are they functioning what's going on and with the book, I say, you can actually just go right to the Bible and just look at Jesus's mission, see what he's talking about. Look at the language, unpack the Greek, look at the Hebrew text and say, okay, these people were physically and proactively engaging with this, these aspects of reality What was reality to them. And I say for many people, reality to people today, mm. um, there's plenty there to last you yeah. <laughs> lifetimes yeah. to, yeah. to unpack, you know what it means. I mean, when we say talk about like, Oh, you know, people, they had encounters with spirits. What does that mean? Mm. You know, what, what does that actually feel like? Mm. Um, That to me is, is enough, you know Mm. Um, as far as, you know, my experiences and and stuff, you know, I got kind of interested in these kind of liminal States, these etheric realms um, sort of later in life. You know, I I grew up kind of rejecting religion early on as Mm. just kind of like, you know, a farce, you know, like why, why impose all these weird rules and restrictions on people, you know, when that seem to harm people more than they help people, sure. you know, that was kind yeah. of my teenage yep. mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the nagging question the the idea of spirit as in the big spirit or spirituality, uh, w- was just nagging at me and would never leave. So I just kind of accepted it as like, okay, I'm just one of the, I just, I'm into it. <laughs> you know, I'm in the club. <laughs> I just don't know how I fit in. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Um, and so it was much later in life that I actually started to look at and even engage with the, the, the substance of those discussions. Like, what's mm. the substance of spirit? What does spirit feel like? Um, mm. And started looking around at communities that claimed, and I believe honestly so, to, to have access to that, you know, um, which is the first chapter of the book talks mm. about that. You know, it's in me being a part of a group who engages in what would be called spirit work, hmm. um, and just you know, I I'm the kind of person who like will look in the back of the paper when I was a kid for the weird classified ad about come join us, you know, right. learn, you know, and I go <laughs> right. there, you know, right. <laughs> like I may not stay, you know, or I may not come back, but I want to see it, you know. So yeah, check it out. I've checked. I pulled flyers off subways and gone to people's homes and hmm. looked in backyards. I've done it all. Um, looking for the ways in which people engage with this stuff, this subtle stuff, you know? Hmm. Um, So, yeah, so there's a lot there to unpack. And if for anyone who's interested in that, all you have to do is just start scratching the surface and you'll, you'll find it.
2: Yeah. How do you respond to people like in particular thinking church people who say that like dabbling in this kind of stuff, like with the spirit, the spirit work and the spirit world is, is dangerous. That's like one of the things that I was always taught is that you know once you dabble in this stuff you open yourself up to all sorts of of evil and there's like a thousand bible verses that have been used to kind of back that up but like mm-hmm. ask somebody who's well versed in the scriptures and ask somebody who's coming at this i think from a very unique perspective like what is your response to that kind of pushback
0: well i mean it's not an uncommon statement in all religious traditions mm-hmm. i mean one of the i was really interested in buddhism as a as a kid and you know one of the teachers i was reading a lot about he says without you know in all what's the word i'm trying to say very clearly sure. that to begin this path is dangerous mm. you know to begin spiritual practice can be dangerous i don't think it's ultimately dangerous in the sense where bad things are going to happen to you but anytime you go towards the inner you are going to find things that you are uncomfortable with and mm. you're going to f- you're you're literally engaging in the shadows um i think jesus's mission was absolutely 100% invested in the shadows of society and of humanity. And I think that's extremely obvious. (laughs) I mean, the people he hung out with were people he wasn't supposed to hang out with. The things he did on certain days of the week were things he was not supposed to do. The entities, you know, he engaged with that we are told or Christians might be told not to engage with are the entities he engaged with. Yeah. Um, He spoke to them. He asked them to be removed. He says, I came to talk to the sinner. I came to the talk to the people who are, Either misguided or are finding themselves stuck, essentially. Those mm-hmm. are the people I came to hang out with. So I don't, I think the precedent is there, like just right there on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, you know, talking to spirits and this kind of thing, you know, we have a very particular, uh, let's say, um, feeling about what spirits are that's very different than. Yeah. Jesus' time. Hmm. Uh, To us, it is entirely negative. You know, spirits are entirely negative, but there's so many verses in the New Testament, especially, you know, that talk about you need the skills to discern, and spiritual discernment Mm -hmm. is one of those things to discern these spirits. You Hmm. know, that's a skill set given to people through the Holy Spirit. You don't discern spirits. If spirits are all bad, there's no need to discern. You know, a spirit is here, it's bad. That's mm. not what's being said. What's being said is you need the ability to discern between spirits. Do You see that time and time again
2: yeah so there yeah. must be then good spirits versus not so good spirits,
0: yeah. And spirits is you know, spirits is such a charged word. Sometimes I just like to say influences or the mm. the Jesuits are known to say movements, internal movements. Mm. You know, I like to say spirits because sometimes it's kind of like goth, but <laughs> you, know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's, you know um it's got like edgy, but and that's fine. Um, but, you know, it's really like movements, internal movements, influences, and yeah. these are things we all want to unpack, you know, and all want to bring to light.
2: Hmm. Now, if you had to like slap a definition on spirit work, because that's a, that's a term we've thrown around a couple of times now, but maybe for Mm -hmm. our listeners who haven't read your book or aren't too familiar with that, like, how would you define spirit work?
0: Spirit work is a formal practice. It's the formal engagement of spirits. Mm-hmm. And again, that spirit could be understood as literally like a spirit ghost floating around your apartment, or it could be internal movements, motivations, insights, inspiration. Mm-hmm. But it's a formal practice. It's a formal engagement with that, those experiences in that world.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, the, the subtitle of the book is kind of exploring the unseen world. So exploring the spirit work in the margins of um, Christianity. So you mentioned it before, but maybe talk a little bit more about how you would define like maybe a particular, like what, what are, what are the margins of Christianity? Like maybe give us an example. And then like, how, how do those branches of Christianity differ from what most of our listeners are probably used to, which is the evangelical world. So I know like, obviously there's a huge difference, but if you could just maybe
0: break that down for us, like what that looks like so the margins of christianity are really are um personal right it, it depends mm-hmm. where what where you grew up in the vicinity of, of the christian tradition right so to me you know honestly growing up catholic christians were uh, what we considered christians were not marginal by any any means but were sort of not something i was familiar with sure sure you know? um and as i know um people who come up in evangelical and Protestant branches of the of the faith are like catholics like what are all those saints and you know like we're very weird and intriguing to each other at times Um, but i would say the margins in general of christianity are those places that look the christian tradition is extremely vast and varied on the surface especially so but as you get even beyond the surface, you start to find there's all these other people who were writing at times that their Mm -hmm. writings were deemed heretical maybe, or seemed as not allowed to be part of this club. Um, And I really invite people to read those people, not that they have to agree with them or or anything along those lines, but to see what the conversation was. Because Mm -hmm. the conversation we're given Is a very refined conversation even in its diversity the christian tradition has kind of a set standard of what's acceptable doctrine what's acceptable ways of thinking Mm -hmm. um and those are defined by people often men and those men have certain agendas which are not always bad but they have agendas like we all have agenda i have an agenda in writing this book and i try to be very open about it um but those agendas end up Uh, sort of squeezing the narrative into a funnel. And Mm. the margins for me is all that stuff that exists outside of that. You know, when I think of, you know, I practiced a lot of yoga and and looked at a lot of Eastern, the the doctrine and Dharma of Eastern traditions for many, many years. Mm. And the difference I would say between the East and West, certainly between Christianity and say, the tradition of Hinduism, is that Hinduism has a place for all those outliers. People may not agree with it. They may find it, gross or disgusting or heretical or whatever, but it's still there. Those books aren't burned, Mm. right? The unique thing about Christianity is that when it came to power, it really took a hard line on what was in and what was out, Yeah, what was in the center and what was in the margins. And I think that's a travesty. um, And I think that's done a disservice because our tradition is actually extremely vast and varied beyond what we've seen. And I think it's really, really important for Christians and people who are newly coming to this faith, to go into those places and uncover those narratives, uncover that dialogue because it only enriches us.
1: Mm-hmm. It is nothing
0: to fear. I mean, people try to tell you that, well, if you do that, you're gonna get confused and you will, but this is what life is about is, is exploring ourselves, you know, that's exploring right. what we believe. So that's what the margins are to me is those areas outside the dominant narrative.
2: Yeah. That's also become such an interesting thing for me. Like I think one of the problems is that, you know, growing up in the American evangelical church is that it's so ingrained into my head. And I think into our heads as a collective whole mm-hmm. is that our thinking and believing is the, not only the best way, but it's the only, it's the only way. And yeah. so now that I'm like exploring so many things, I'm realizing that that's not the case. Like the church it's been around a lot longer, obviously, than evangelicalism. And it looks much different. than, like you said, the Eastern tradition than it does in the Western traditions are out there on the margins. Like, one of the things I've been really exploring lately is like the Gnostic Gospels and a lot mm-hmm. of the scriptures that didn't make it into the Bible. And, like, sure. whenever that would come up in seminary, it was always like bypassed very quickly. Like, well, they didn't make it in because they didn't fulfill these requirements and they're not real okay. (laughs) That was basically it. But now that I like pick up these books, I'm reading them. I'm like, these are fascinating. And then why, if these were deemed to be burned and destroyed, like, why did somebody find, like, why did somebody hide these so that they would be found someday? Like these must've been important to somebody. These must have Mm -hmm. done something for somebody's life for them to have taken the risk to hide them so that they could be found later on. And now that I'm like reading these things, they're just so full of so much wisdom it's so fresh and a lot of it aligns with what's in the 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 quote scriptures already, but a lot of it also brings, I think, new insight and new life and new perspective. And I think that's really, really important, like you said.
0: Yeah. No, that's beautiful. I mean, I I totally agree with you. I mean, these these Gnostic texts are Fascinating, yeah. fascinating. Just documents of the early church, mm. you know, and the early dialogue and the early conversations going on. Again, whether or not you subscribe to the fact that there's 86 levels of demons and you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, right. there's all sorts of wild things in the Gnostic Gospels. <laughs> sure. um, you know, that we'll probably never understand some of it, but it's still part of the tradition and what a fascinating interesting colorful part of the tradition um that can also help inform you know you can read the gnostic gospels take what resonates with you and then apply it to the the particular branch of faith that you're in now you know yeah
2: i think i was reading something i remember which text it was i was reading something a few weeks ago and i read it was like a paragraph and like half the paragraph i'm like that's just completely wacky <laughs> i don't know what to uh, yeah. do with this but the second half of it was like well that's really interesting and i feel like this really can almost in a way speak to where i am at this current place in my life and i think it's that diversity i think that we've we've lost in this age and i was talking to who was it on the podcast might have been you no know, alexander shy have you ever heard of him uh no Yeah. So Alexander Shia great, great stuff out there. I'll have to send you some links to his work, but Mm -hmm. he was talking about like in the early church, just the the vast diversity and just the fact that like people were much more open to one another. Like people had their beliefs and what they believed, but it wasn't like, if you believe this, you're out kind of thing. Like there was just a much more openness that we seem to have lost in this day and age. And I think that if we can tap back into our roots, In kind of a radical way and kind of bring that back to the church, especially in terms of the spirit world and how to talk about different things and think about different things. I think it could be a really great experience for the church as a a whole.
0: Uh, Yeah, totally. I mean, you see see the disagreements happening in the Bible. You see Paul and James and Peter kind of like talking at one another and being like, you know, (laughs) they're all buddies on some level. Sure. Um, But they had very different ideas, certainly yeah. about what faith was. You know, that's mm-hmm. the big debate between the two, uh, James and Paul. Um, yeah, disagreement is okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think right. it's a time, uh, and I think the church has come to understand that. Um, it's becoming much more ecumenical um, in the broad scope, whether or not it's performing that so well, I don't know. But it certainly pays lip service to the idea of, of difference, you know, and discussion. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. right. That's right. So one of the things that uh, really was helpful for me in your book is you talk about, I think it's in chapter three, uh, about how kind of observing how the Holy Spirit operates in the Bible can kind of give mm-hmm. us some insight into maybe how the spirit world works in general. Is that a pretty good synopsis? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. yeah. So maybe could you talk to us a little bit about that? Like how can the Holy Spirit, what we see of the Holy Spirit in the scriptures kind of inform our understanding of how the
0: spirit world is working around us? Sure. So this might be where you have more experience than I do. At least growing up, you know, as in the Catholic uh, sector of Christianity, <laughs> sure. you know, the Holy Spirit is obviously radically important. Mm-hmm. But we, I would say that there's few experiences of direct quote communication from the mm. Holy Spirit in the Catholic wing of things. Okay. You know, um, you know, there's there's no speaking in tongues. There's um, there's no kind of like physicality associated with the Holy Spirit's presence. It's kind of the third aspect of God that brings insight, you know mm. I and mean? Guides us on our path. You know, to me, seeing people speaking in tongues and um, in these more Pentecostal traditions, that was wild to me. Mm. You know, I, I had no experience with that as a kid. So with this book, you know, I was kind, I was kind of looking at what does the Bible say when describing the presence of the Holy Spirit? Mm. Um, And what you find is, is what you might expect to find if you've seen Pentecostal um, um, Pentecostal Experiences Pentecostal church services, mm-hmm. um, you hear about the the Holy Spirit coming into the room and shaking the room, or coming in with a sound. Mm. Um, you hear about, or you read about people's physical sensations. Um, you read about flickers of flame on top of people. You also read about the way in which the Holy Spirit uh, propels people to speak, whether that be in tongues or otherwise. Mm. Um, you see how the Holy Spirit initiates people or propels people to speak to others, to bring others closer, to, t- to teach people, to prophesize, mm-hmm. right? So those are real, you know what I mean? Like those are, those are real things that happened in the Bible, you know, whether or not you believe them as real in today's world is a different mm-hmm. story, but that's what it says. And my experience sitting in, in spirit work circles, gatherings for this kind of work, um, that's what you see. That's Mm -hmm. what you see happen. You see tremors. You see changes in the temperature in the room, changes in temperature on your body. People certainly speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. Um, People teach people. People bring messages to people. Um, That's what you see happening. That's what you experience happening if you're sensitive to that stuff. So looking at the Holy Spirit and the way it interacts with people can be a kind of guide as to what to look for when you're either A, Hoping to be inspired by the Holy Spirit, inspired inspiration, of course, comes from that word of being inspirited, We'd right? mm. have spirit brought into you. The word, um, as well as the presence of spirit communication.
2: Mm. Hey, guys, you're talking. I'm thinking about I'm just kind of reflecting on my own journey with kind of experiencing the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit in different settings. And um, the school that I went to was very, very much into like the Holy Spirit and um, you know, having encounters with the Holy Spirit and stuff. And we had chapel services, you know, every, I think every, every week, or maybe sometimes it was a couple of times a week, and there was always these big kind of movements and stuff like that happening. And I think, like, as I'm thinking about your, what you're saying, and how the Holy Spirit kind of ties into our understanding of the spirit world, I feel like there's inside of me, like, there's this major pushback, I think, because I'm, I'm remembering ways that, use of the Holy Spirit was abused over the course of my mm-hmm. experiences. And what I mean by that is like, I can remember this one time I went to a, we had to do a in seminary, like we had to visit different churches and do like different observations. And so I went to this one church, which was like super Pentecostal and it was a prayer meeting and it was the evening one. And all this crazy stuff was was happening. Like the pastor was up in the front and he was saying there was like a A portal of the spirit up there and people are running up there and people are falling on the ground. And one guy was like praying for me and he was like trying to push me down on the ground. And he's like, don't you feel anything? I'm like, I honestly don't feel anything, you know? And and they were like, well, you know, God is telling me this about you. And I'm like, I don't think any of this stuff really doesn't feel right. You know? And I feel like Mm -hmm. as you're kind of talking about that, I'm thinking about the experiences, the negative experiences I've had in my life and yeah, so I I feel all this pushback. So I don't know if you have any response to that, but that's what I'm feeling sure. inside as you're talking. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, the first thing I would say is if you have you or anyone else, if you mm-hmm. have this kind of interest in this subject matter but find resistance because of the experiences you've had in your own yeah. faith, yeah. what helps and what certainly helped me and it was kind of the thing I did as a teenager is go out, go out into the world. Hmm. You know, see what I mean, I'm sure you've already done this, but like, you know, see the other ways in which other cultures engage with this spirit world Mm because Christianity does not have a monopoly on spirits, (laughs) like not even remotely. Yeah, This comes from way back and it comes from far and wide. So Mm -hmm. there are other, you know, there are other ways to engage with spirit um, that might be, maybe not, they don't, they may not resonate with you more, but they might have less of that cultural baggage or stigma that you have just from growing up with a certain tradition, you know? Yeah. No, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's helpful
2: because as you're, now as you're saying that, I'm thinking you're, you're right. I've only experienced this from the Christian perspective. Yeah.
0: Right. And, and also, you know, it's good to remember that different communities, not like, uh, These are all work in progress. (laughs) Spirit, (laughs) spirit communication has been a work in process since spirits were around. You know, Mm. Um, people handle it differently. Some people can be very overbearing about it. Um, Some people can be very pushy. Some people can, like, want to. They want to push you into situations or scenarios you're uncomfortable with. And and I think that's something that the larger community is learning is not okay. You know what I mean? Like, there's one thing for there to be inspiration happening in the moment and we're all just kind of swept up in it and it's happening and not everything's going to feel comfortable being uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong Mm -hmm. it just means it's uncomfortable for you and sure you know the difference is should you be forced to continue with that uncomfortable feeling or should you be allowed to either go there or not and that's what we want is choice you know um so yeah you know i've certainly been around places that feel very similar to what you're talking about you know Mm -hmm. and you're kind of sitting there being like I don't know, dude, this doesn't feel <laughs> like anything to me, you know what right. I mean? And I've been to other ones where I'm like, man, I have got chills all over me. I am freaking out. Like, mm-hmm. is this really happening? <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so the more you see, the more you engage with, the more you see and engage with, the more you your vision becomes more, more varied, you know?
2: Yeah, that's really good. So one of the questions I want to ask is a more personal question. And I, I alluded to this um, kind mm-hmm. of in our email exchange. And uh, I was on the fence about asking it in this setting while we're recording, but I'm just going to go for it because maybe it'll help our, our listeners too. But great, uh, my grandma passed away I was over, over 10 years ago and uh, we were really close. Um, I miss her, her dearly. Um, she had the early stages of Alzheimer's disease and uh, dementia. Mm. And uh, we recently moved my wife and our daughter and I uh, three years ago to a house in North Carolina. And uh, two or three times this past year, like I was outside mowing the lawn and God be my witness, I swear. And it sounds super crazy to me,
0: mm-hmm. but I've
2: smelled her perfume, like at the same spot in the lawn, which is really odd because at first I thought like somebody, maybe they're running a dryer and there's like a really strong dryer, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And maybe that's all I it. know that smell. So, yeah. And then I'm like, well, maybe it's like flowers or something. Cause it was like a, a spring or summer day. And, but there's no, there's, there's no garden around and it definitely wasn't a dryer sheet. And like the hair on my arms would stand like straight up. And so you're like the first person outside of my family that I've told this this Mm. story to, and I'm sharing it with you because I feel like you have some, some good perspective for me, but like, what do I do with that? Like, what's, what's it mean? Is it, is it possible that it is my grandma? How can I be sure? And if it is like, Is you're trying to tell me something? Is it just like a something to comfort me? Like how do I know? Like what what do I do? Okay, great question.
0: First, I mean, I feel genuinely honored that you're you're telling me this story. Um, Thank you. So so I appreciate it. Um, You know we live in a time where we have a kind of meta view of what's going on around us. And we take, yeah. we step into that meta state quite often. So mm-hmm. for you and for me, and for probably everyone else I know, mm-hmm. um, who's you know, a well-adjusted human in the modern world, mm-hmm. you have that experience and you say, what is it? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> is this real? Is this happening? What do I should do with it? Is it a spirit? Is it not? You know, We question all these things, yeah. which is for better or worse, it's what we do. Sure. Way back when, they would probably not have questioned it so much. Mm. You you smell that, you feel that. Spirits are a reality in the world. So mm. that's what it is, mm. right? So I only say that just to give us a little bit of perspective that the way we come to these things is not the only way, mm. right? And has not historically been the only way. The second thing I would say is that in some ways there isn't much to do. Mm. You know, I, I try to like take it out of, you know, I'm around a lot of people who, you know, are very kind of uh, extroverted in their spirit communication. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> lots Good of, way to put you know, it. <laughs> hey, here's you get a cauldron, do this, you know, right. like make sure the moon is this, and that's all fine, right? Yeah, I'm not right. knocking that, it's all fine. But there is a <laughs> there is a simple path as well. <laughs> and the simple path is to just first acknowledge it. Hmm. Let it, What does it feel like? It sounds to me like you feel like it's your grandmother. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is huge because you could feel like it's not. You Mm. could, you could go out there and be like, ugh, that smells like my grandmother. And like, that's weird. I don't, you know, whatever you could have just a negative response to it or a denial response, but it doesn't sound like that's your response. So that Mm. tells me that there's something there for you, Mm. regardless of what it is, you know, what it is can come kind of later, you know, it's kind of like, what do you get from it? What do you feel? Maybe there's something you want to ask when you're standing out there, you know, mm. if you're mowing the lawn or whatever you do in your in your yard, and you come upon that, you know, you might just say, "Hey, thanks, mm. you know, thanks for thanks for reminding me about my my grandmother." If it's mm. you, Nana, <laughs> you know, uh, mm. let me know what you're thinking. Is there something I should be doing, you know? And then you start that conversation. Maybe it'll go somewhere. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll just be this really nice remembrance moment for you just periodically throughout your life. And that could be enough, you know, but it may develop into something else. And, and it's really, all this stuff is so personal. You can read like a million books on like, okay, the first thing you want to do is go out and draw a star on the ground. And and it's like, okay, fair. But like, (laughs) you could also just see it as your personal experience. What do you want to do? Mm. Is there anything you want to ask? Is there, or do you just want to kind of be in that presence, be in that experience and just feel the, the sweetness of it, yeah. you know, that's, that's enough. Huh. It doesn't mean that's where it needs to end, but it's enough to just be there and take a moment and to just feel that and recognize that your grandmother, she doesn't leave. She goes somewhere, mm. but there's aspects of her that remain, you know, yeah. and they're in you, yeah. you know? So what a nice thing.
2: That's really good. Yeah. I think, I think, cause I was overthinking it. I think, like you said, like I was analyzing it because that's what we do, especially in the Western mindset is we have to figure out what this is and what it means. But I think that takes a lot of pressure off to just recognize the smell, recognize the fruit of the smell. Does How does it make me feel? It makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, And so therefore just to kind of engage that and maybe even just pose the question of, you know, what, what is this or, Um, is there something you want me to know or thank you? Like you said, so I think that makes, that takes off a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, and that's, that's what I want to happen. Like I want there to be, I want it to be less pressurized environment. You Mm. know, what do I need to do? Someone, you know, it's like, I don't know. She might just want to be like, Hey. Just remember me. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows, you know? Yeah.
2: Um, A nice house. Yeah. (laughs) A nice house. Yeah. You know,
0: I'm, I'm here if you need me, you know what I mean? Like, but don't bother me too much. Like who knows? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Right. That's probably what my grandma would
0: say. Yeah. You know, I mean, people, I think people think that like the spirits are just dying to talk to us and Mm. I'm like, I'm not so sure. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause we watched those shows. Like there was that show a while back called ghost whisper. I'm sure you've mm-hmm. come across that. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. she just like interacts with these spirits. So, like immediately my mind goes there, you know, and it's like, it's probably not really what's happening. <laughs> so I figured you would have the best probably answer for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I hope it's helpful.
2: No, it definitely is. Um, okay. So last question, uh, as we head into, uh, the new year and we've just come out of 2020 and obviously even 2021 is off to a, a crazy start, but I'm wondering, yeah. Like your particular work, like what kind of insights might you be able to give to our listener where they could take something away and they could apply it? Because I feel like your book is so helpful and I feel like our listeners really need to get it. So I'm wondering like, what, what can you, what can you share with them that could help them like integrate something into their, into their journey in 2021 that's gonna make it, make it better. I should say than 2020.
0: Sure. Uh, It's a great question. Um, You know, I I can tell you what I'm really excited about and interested Mm. in, you know, I really feel like with this, with the pandemic and with a lot of the kind of self-quarantining and even just staying at home a lot more, you know, that so many people are doing, I really feel, and, and I may be naive, but I really (laughs) feel that There is kind of this growing sense of exploration among people. I know people quite literally want to get out, you know, they want to get outside, you know, quite in the very literal sense. But also, I feel a lot of people kind of going back to their roots, like kind of unpacking because they had to, they were at home, right? So, Mm. what do we do when we're home? We eat, talk, sleep, and watch stuff, right? You know, but that eating and that talking you know, has become very dominant. And I think what I started seeing people is people started cooking things that their grandmother made or their grand, great-grandmother grand, great made or grandparents mm-hmm. in general, um, finding old tools that their grandfather or, or father left them or mother left them. Um, you know, so for me, it's this kind of two double-pronged approach that I'm feeling, which is like going back to our roots and our traditions and bringing them out and into the present, you know, and that's what this book is about. That's what almost all of my work is about these days is just like, you have roots, you have traditions and they are so rich and so informative. And I feel like there's so much alienation because of like social media and all this, like we're constantly like, what's next, what's next, what's next, Mm. what's next might be what's been you know mm-hmm. what's next is what we've been what we've had in our past and in our history and our lineage all this time but we just haven't really set eyes on it. So I'm really excited for all of that for just kind of like going outside re-experiencing nature, bringing our traditions with us and exploring those aspects of our tradition that maybe were lost or or swept aside you know yeah. and the reason I say that is because most of them have something to do with nature. <laughs> you know sure. they're outdoors these traditions are outdoors tradition christianity is an outdoors tradition i mean they were outdoors all day long right you know jesus walked yep. that's what he did <laughs> you know he did that more than anything yep. bare feet on the ground yeah. bare feet on the ground i mean what a wonderful thing to think about right now since we've been yeah. indoors for so long is like going outside being barefoot on the ground and recognizing how that that is an expression of your tradition
2: yeah taking
0: your shoes off walking is an expression of your christian tradition your catholic tradition your your christianity as a whole
2: that's really good i love to when talking about just like the exploration of where you've come from mm. and like your you know your your family or you know generations before you and that's that's something i was re- i've been really interested in because when i was in school we had to do a We had to like look back at our our family history and kind of trace it back as far as we could. And we had to look for different patterns in generation and things like that and different, um, you know, whether they were healthy habits or maybe not so healthy habits, but we'd have to try to trace those back and try to see how those things play out in our own lives today. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I learned a lot about like generations that came before me. And my grandma had left me uh, before she passed away. She left me this box and in the box, was my great, my great grandfather's uh, rosary beads that he brought Mm. over with him. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So he came over from, uh, from Europe and he just had the rosary beads and his Bible in his pocket. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I have those two things. And so I have them on my shelf and uh, I have no idea how to pray rosary beads, but I've been, I've been doing some, uh, I have Mala prayer beads for like like Buddhist prayer beads. And uh, I've been kind of using those in my prayer time to just have different mantras and things like that, like just to repeat to myself, like like I am loved and I am accepted and things like that. And so I've been yeah. using his rosary beads to do that. And yeah. just like you said, just being home so much and being inside so much, I feel like it's just been something I've been able to ingrain into my own spiritual life that once the world goes back to whatever normal is going to look like, I can take that with me um you know from from home back into you know everyday life and work and things like that so that's you
0: know. amazing i mean i got little chills from that that's that's mm. fantastic i mean that's what i'm talking about you know is is those rosary beads that come from some place in your past you know that you still have and can still connect with whether you chant the rosary or whether you chant om mani padme hum you know whatever you yeah. chant on them you yeah. know i think is is valid and, and extremely mm. useful
2: Mm. what i want like too and i I want our listeners to hear this is like i think from my because i was coming into this conversation thinking how complicated this is going to be like i'm going to have to you're going to you're going to present all this stuff to us that there's (laughs) going to be this new things that we have to do but it's not complicated at all like you said it's just it's just engaging with these different things in whatever way feels most comfortable for you and i like that so thank you
0: yeah yeah you're welcome jesus walked talked healed Yes, and ate, and ate a lot. That's right, <laughs> <laughs> that's, and and that's what he did. You know, it's it's a it's a beautiful path. That's right, it's a simple path. <laughs> Amen to that. And I
2: guess last question is: uh, does, this is my last one, I swear. No, but what what it. resources would you recommend for people that might be helpful, other than your book, of course? <laughs>
0: um, well, you know, in the book I reference, I, I make sure I try to cite as often as I yes, as I can. Um, yep. So in the book there are other books, you know, to, to mm-hmm. look up. Um I, I'm a big book person, uh, so I like to read a lot. Um Me too. there's uh Richard Smoley has written some really wonderful books. These are specifically within the Christian faith mm. um about like the history of God and what's called inner Christianity. Mm. Those are two really great books. Um there are so many I mean the, the beautiful thing and the we're so lucky that we have so many, so much writing, <laughs> yeah. you know, but um, yeah. So, so doing that, you know, and just doing the things that people do, you know, f- go down those, those rabbit holes, hmm. you know, um, you know, you find someone that you really resonate with and find out who their teacher was, find out what they wrote. And, and that's, that's how I like to do it. You know, um, follow me on Instagram. If anyone's interested in this, not just as promotion, but I mean, I talk about this all the time. Yeah, you do. You know what yep. I mean? So the Instagram is new old traditions, mm-hmm. um, one word. Uh, so I only say that again just because that's, I'm having those conversations there. And also, if you go there, I can also point you to other people who are having those conversations because there are a lot of people that I follow or follow me um, who are also having these conversations. Mm. You know, so that's so, yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah. Very cool. Well, Bob, we're just about out of time. I got to sure. clock back in for work in Mm -hmm. a couple minutes come on 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 my lunch break but uh this (laughs) has been fantastic so thank you so much for taking the time to drop by and maybe we could do it again sometime
0: i really appreciate it it was a real pleasure
2: thanks i'll put all your links in the show notes and i'll tell people to buy your book (laughs) sounds great (laughs) all right man you take care okay you too Bye bye
1: yeah came up from all the struggle we still in trenches There's no tomorrow, tighten up like some riches, see it all on my skin, it is so I'm grinning, get happy for my own people, moving forward now let's get it, let's take it back in the day, we came up from the bottom, made it up to the top, like we all want the lotto, we all rich in the love, ain't got more than enough, it can spread the whole masses, just trust me this not a bluff, just know you're worth it, don't settle, we not wasting no time, but we can't get it back. Oh, yeah, we gon' be fine. We move in like we on Broadway. Let us get our shine. Already conquered the past. Why there's still a divide? Break down, let's come together. Put one fist in the air. No worries about the outsiders. We ain't got no care. Got the Oracle by ya. Let me go grab a chair. Share stories about our ancestors. They die for us to be heirs. I was yeah. born by the river. Baptize me, don't chastise me. I'm a cop. Frustrated by the gentrification, seems like we run out of time, need to get educated, we all on the front line. We just fighting for freedom, no time for all the ignorance. We know that you all see this. Knowledge is power. People getting killed by some cowards. And like you don't hear us. Cool, we getting louder and louder. We stronger than ever. No need for all the comments and doubting. When ear out the other, our voices keep on bouncing and bouncing. With day it'll hit you. Feel that day is coming real soon. All the lies on the news, all the wrongful accused. Why they always seem to bring up every label excuse. We need justice, we ain't got no time for picking and choosing. No more killing, no more choking. Why y'all standing refusing? Day is coming when we start to do more winning than losing. One last thing I love me, I love being black. Matter of fact, I'm a black man in America. Respect I on that was born brown by butter. The river, baptize me, don't chastise me. I'm a